That's it. Are we on? Yeah. We're on. Let's do this. All right. <clears throat> hey. Hold on. Nah, I can't start like that. <laughs> we can't start. That's my old. That's my radio. I was doing my Sirius XM intro. All right. Your voice just got so high. It got very high. <laughs> well, shit. This is the intro to the first one. You are listening to Dual Insight. You're watching Dual Insight. Depends where you're looking at it. I go by the name of DJ Cass, my co-host. DJ Palina La Diva. Palina La Diva and DJ Cass on Dual Insight. Welcome to our new podcast. This is going to be Dual Insight on many different subjects, many different topics, right? Yes. Since we're both DJs, we're going to touch base on like music insights, a little bit about his experience and my experience, mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of people think we both probably had the same experiences. Right. Right. It's like whenever I talk to other DJs, they're always like, wow, you had to go through that. And I'm like, wow, you had to go through that. Yeah. So just to kind of get a little bit of an insight, what a male is going through right. in like the music industry uh, versus a girl. But also I feel like it goes back to a lot of other industries as yeah. well. No, it's very similar in, in different industries. I always say that DJs have a, like a parallel life. I mean, you're always going to meet a DJ that, kind of followed a similar cycle you know some parts might have been harder than others some some struggles or some things could have been easier than others but at the same time everybody kind of goes through like a little you know a similar flow of like falling in love with music or liking music and then you kind of discover this and then you discover that and then with time like you know you kind of evolution and, and you you when you meet a dj you sometimes you're like oh like i had a similar situation to that in this maybe when i started so let's let's talk about the beginning. Let's talk about how it started. Let's do Paulina, that. I want to hear your what what was like when did the, the 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 flip switch or what was like what brought you to DJing or like what was it? So I have to say that I found music really early in life for mm -hmm. me and it almost was something that I explain as like people thought it's almost like depressive or something. You know, really? I would I would sit, I would be obsessed with it. Yeah. So I always say fifty cent. I discovered this like, you know, fifty cent album and I was just listening to that and i was like wow this is what music is doing to me and wow. my mom was like are you okay so i understood that i definitely want to go in that direction i kind of mm -hmm. didn't know if i want to be like first I, I was i wanted to be a dancer i would yeah. say so then i was like maybe i'm a singer though so i feel like i tried myself out and like you know in, in all those kind of like uh jobs and i was like i don't know i'm not really good at, at any of that and then once it w I was in high school and it was a little bit about, okay, like, what's your job going to be? Yeah. I was like, I, don't, I can't work for anyone. Like, right. this was really my main thing. I was like, I can't listen to people telling me what to do. I need to be my own boss. So I was like, I got to be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. so, you know, now, yeah, now I got to be like, okay, concentrate on what you want to do. Right. So I was in that like time. I was partying. I was out all the time. And I m met like a couple of DJs. Right. And my music library was insane. Like we were all sharing one computer and I was like, through like my russian websites and whatever yeah. downloading whatever i could and whenever i would go somewhere to like a house party or something people knew it's her you know yeah. like she's gonna put the music on and everyone was joking you know like oh she's gonna be a dj one day and i was like nah what are you talking about so anyways when i was partying yeah and on this was and i was gonna ask you uh if you can tell the listeners where was this so they can know your background and so everything. i actually started in germany yeah right. in berlin germany 
that was my party time that wow. was my where i'm from i was born in in berlin so yeah when i was going out then um I met like two, three DJs where I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? Like, show me the basics. Yeah. And then I was like playing around with it a little bit. I was like, yo, this is way harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. Like when I started, I was like, oh, that's going to be easy. I'm going right, to be like, right. and stuff. But then I was like, yo, it's actually really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, but I like it. It was really frustrating. Yeah. But I signed up to, to like um, a DJ school, I would say. And um, it was so frustrating. Yeah. I was like, I really have like that, you know, music feeling. But I was like, how is it so hard for me to mix two songs together? Yeah. And I started on like vinyls. Right, right. So there was no sync button or, or any of that. And I just wanted it so bad from that moment because I, I think I wanted to prove something to myself. I right. was like, I have this music thing in me. People are telling me I can be a DJ. I know I can be a DJ. I don't want to work for anyone. <laughs> yeah, So I got to do it. And I uh, dropped out of high school <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be a DJ. So that's literally what I did. Wow. I was a hostess like uh, in Germany, a hostess is, is someone that like works at events, you know, mm -hmm. so like a model hostess, yeah. you know, whatever they would want me to do, I would do it. You know, you just got to look pretty kind right. of thing, sometimes greet people. So I would do that to just like be able to pay my rent. And then all the other days I would be practicing. So that's nice. all I would do for a year, at least a year straight. Every free minute of my life and people are sometimes like oh you got so lucky i'm like what do you mean no. like i was in the lab you right. know frustrated by myself learning all of this That's but dope. yeah so this was kind of the beginning then i got my first gig was at a uh, like a little festival i was super nervous my sister was there she was trying to take a video of me i was like paulina paulina look at me and i was like not right now yeah. this is you're like i'm in my zone yes like, i was like zone. i'm fucking nervous right now and then this was when paulina la diva was born because she was like oh sorry paulina la diva oh, wow. she took that video posted it on on facebook since it was a festival yeah. i didn't have any service then i got home and she's like paulina la diva in action and i was like that's oh, my that dj goes. name wow. yeah and then and then this is how it started yeah wow. so how about you damn that's crazy i didn't know i didn't know that whole background no but it's it's you know it's good to say the the struggle of like of it not making of like you wanting it to make sense but it doesn't make sense for me i mean i grew up i grew up in nicaragua i grew up with five other siblings and i had like all kinds of music growing up and i used to be very into rock music i used to be very oh, wow. into like i mean it's still am, but like Super into like stuff like Corn, like Limbiscuit, Metallica, uh, Lincoln Park. When they came, like all this stuff, I was super into it. But I was also into hip hop, like '90s, 2000s hip hop. And I was always like, I used to like both genres. And then my brother listened to house music. My sister listened to like new wave. And I grew up with all these influences. And I always wanted to like blend everything. I always wanted to like mix everything. Like, why can't this song go with that song? And I started in high school to like shadow like i call it backseat djing you know when like you're djing and you have a homie that's like yo you should play this next and like you're hanging out and you're like yo man why don't you play this so you were the i was that friend. guy i was that guy <laughs> yeah i was but but back then in nicaragua like the the local djs were playing kind of like a generic set of latin music back then it was like trance some trance and some like progressive stuff and i was like yo play this draw rule play this play that and they were like, all right, cool, whatever, you know. <laughs> and I finally, like, kind of started DJing the same thing. Like, I I was, I thought it was a shit because this was an, on a little dual 
CD player, I can make a loop. And when I discovered how to make a loop, I was like, yo, I'm going to be the fucking best. <laughs> like, making a loop. And then I just kind of figured out, like, you know, the drums and the hats. And then, and then from there, I, I moved to Miami and I, I joined the Air Force. And in the Air Force, it was a hobby for years. It was something that, like, I liked to do. I had records. I had everything. And it was, like, my thing. But then I got to the point where I was like, yo, like, this is cool. But I go to the clubs and these guys play. You know, I can I can play better. I can do this better. And I started shadowing one of my homies, Alan, Alan E in San Antonio. And that's where I kind of learned how to like really mix because I was even mixing like half bar off. You know, like when you mix and the drums hit the hat uh-huh. and you kind of think it, it's good when you're when you're starting, you're like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> but that's how half of my mixes were. My, my bro was like, yo, man, like you got to count and like you got to count. And, you know, you it match the snares and I learned how to match the snares and. That's when I was at a point where I was getting out of the military. I had been DJing for like as a hobby for like four years, three years. And I started just going, you know, like like putting in the effort and going out. And, and I was in the military. I was going to like PTR training and I was DJing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I would sleep Sunday all day. I, you know, when you're young, too, like you, you can don't do fucking it all. care. Yeah. Like you, so I was I was hustling. I was still in. And then. I got to that point where like I started kind of getting gigs and and I had to kind of like realize like yo I gotta gotta turn this into a business you know and and you know let, let's bounce it back to you like when did when did you realize like yo this is fun this is cool but when did like the the not the money because I don't think for me it was never like yo I'm gonna make a hundred and fifty dollars like it was never that it was just more of like so I got to get paid for like this thing that I do and and then and then when did when did like that first gig that was like or your first check or like the first bill that you got when when did that kind of like and how did that affect you so I have to say I have a different mentality than you yeah I was like I gotta be the best yeah and how can I make the most money with that nice. so for me from the beginning on that was it yeah. so I started um being part of a club in Berlin mm-hmm. which uh, is called the Pearl and it opened and I was like part of it but kind of like no one knew if it's going to be a hit or not and then it it became like one of the biggest and best nightclubs in europe i would say they have like an award and stuff so i was since i was the resident dj there i was not maybe being paid like a lot but to me being like 17 18 i was like oh damn i'm rich i was really like that was the first time in my life i was like I'm a rock star, you know, like I was thinking about that. I want to be a rock star. And I was like, I made it, you know, with my like, I don't know. I think it was like 300 euros. Yeah. Per gig. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm rich. Like this is what rich lifestyle is. Yeah. So I would DJ there like once or twice a week. Right. I actually got so many opportunities out of there um, and started from there, like DJing all over like Europe, like Germany first, then Europe. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to New York city, but just to like, to start, that was what I needed. Yeah. I needed to have this feeling that I made it super early on. That yeah. gave me that confidence that whatever dreams and aspiration I had when I was 18 are like 
super easily achievable yeah. right like to me it was like i wanted to dj at that party i was there within a year yeah. so i was like that was my life goal where else can i go yeah, do you know what i mean yeah no, totally. like that's just the beginning my yeah. goal is just the beginning yeah. so this is kind of like how i saw it all how about you no i i agree and, and i think it's it's like the the context is pretty much the same kind of like with me it was it was when i was in san antonio and i was shadowing my homie and like i was literally like on the grind like he would party a lot so i already knew if he was gonna get like fucked up i'm the one taking over oh so really? i would shadow him and like he taught me like literally how to open the club how to start how to this and then like towards the end of the night he was like more on that side and like the party side than like the work side so i benefited from that because what, I, what happened was that he would just go get drunk and then i would i would rock for like the last hour and people were like, yo, like this guy's dope, whatever. And I started getting bookings out of that. And I started building my brand out of that. And then like a similar notion that I had been doing clubs in San Antonio back then for like a year and a half, two years. And this is when the DJ boom was going on. So like everybody's a DJ. I'm a DJ. I'm a uh -huh. DJ. You know, like, and you're like, oh, I'm a DJ too. But like, I, I was like, yo, but I've been collecting records for like five years and I've been doing this. So when the opportunities came and people actually saw me DJ, they're like, damn, this guy's pretty good. And I started getting my own gigs. And then, like I said, a year and a half in, I was like, yo, like, this is it. Like, I'm already here. And like, you know, similar mentality of yeah. like, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I had lived in Miami, but this is like, I'm already DJing for the Spurs. This is in San Antonio. And that's like, that's like DJing for like, I don't know, like Dave Grutman here, you know, like that's mm -hmm. the biggest, highest, like in that city. And I was like, nah, like. It says, you know, if 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 my dream was achieved in a year, like I gotta fucking take it ten times higher, right? You know, and it, and it's it's it it really turned the switch, and I was like, yo, I gotta go to Miami. Like my family's in Miami, I grew up half of my life there, pretty much, and like I gotta be in it, and 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 I'm not gonna lie, like I don't know how it was, I mean, probably similar in New York, like when you are in these different markets and you come to like Miami, New York, Vegas, L.A., like your dreams are shattered. For me, there were I was like, like it's, it's not it's tough. not the dreams are shattered, yeah. But like you you come down to like a real life. You yeah. come down to like like, like a the zoo real almost. world. Yeah, yeah. No, not a zoo actually, like a like a jungle. A jungle, exactly. Yeah. You come to a jungle and like me thinking, oh, in San Antonio I was doing this and this and this and this. And this is pre social media, pre Facebook was around, but it wasn't really used like to the point that everybody uses Instagram or everything else. Like and it was hard and it was rough and it was different and it was like you know that dream shattered but mm -hmm. at the same time like re-motivates you you go from being like the big fish in the small pond to being a small fish in the big pond but right. then you realize that the reward is even bigger so it's worth the, Working the chase harder, yeah yeah it's worth the chase so let me ask you you said you shadowed someone yeah how important do you think that was like in your journey as a dj of you like becoming an artist i think it's super important and i i always push that to everybody you know i always try to like help the younger and the older djs you know like we all have some older dj friends that are like ah you know like they'll complain and sit around and do this and that and i tell them yo man like look it's part of the game like things evolve or or, or things change and there's things that are out of our hand and, and then you know i try to help the the older djs in that sense and then the younger ones you know, I've been shadowed. I've been taught this. I've been told not to do this, not to do that. And it's it's important to have some kind of guidance and and learn from something, even though it's not the same street and like 
20 years ago, 15, 10 years ago to now, it's changed completely. Like, it's 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 the recipe that that will help them. Not because I did this and this and this and this. You got to do this and this and this. But realize that, hey, like, I evolved. I knew when to leave this. I knew when to leave that. I knew that to ask for more money or or, or to have these conversations. Little things that don't, you know, you don't learn with, mm-hmm. with just being out or just DJing or partying or 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 whatever it is like you you need some kind of of mentor to because sometimes your mentor is wrong mm-hmm. you know sometimes you want to be bigger than them and they're gonna hold you back so if someone would want like would ask you now that uh, like they're in the beginning of their like dj career mm-hmm. so like what kind of tip would you give them how do you shadow someone because i feel like to me and you maybe it's yeah. obviously but to someone that is like what what do i pay attention to i would say just just you know first of all go see a dj from start to finish like get there when the lights go on and leave when the lights come off you know or or vice versa <laughs> like yeah get there when the lights go off and then leave when the lights come on it's a club yeah and like and just see how that dj works the motion of everything like from the first hour hour and a half to to how it's during peak to the end and and you know, if you want to meet that DJ, communicate with them ahead of time. You know, if it's me, like, yo, you can DM me. I answer all my DMs. Like, Most DJs are actually really cool. Like, yeah. I, even I, when I travel, sometimes I just, like, uh, DM someone when I see, oh, they're at that nightclub. Never yeah. seen that person before. But they're like, hell yeah, come through. Like, I got whoever you you were with yeah. or whatever. So that's really a good tip. Like, especially if you are saying, hey, I'm a, an aspiring DJ. Like, mm-hmm. I would like to shadow you. Or I would like to connect with you. Like, most DJs are super cool about yeah. that. Yeah, we're all approachable. You know, we're all humans at the end of the day. And we've all been in your position. We've all been in that position where like you kind of you don't know what to do or you think this or you think that or but you know like approach them approach a dj if, if that dj is an asshole approach another dj you know, like and be willing to learn be willing to listen and don't expect because you go to out with this dj you hear him one time you go to his gig one time that he's gonna put you on like yeah. and it's not even about that like to me shadowing a dj is like seeing what they do and like and and and, and it's not it's not that because you go out with the DJ, he's gonna he's gonna plug you everywhere. You're gonna he might bring you into a room, and then it's on you to make the moves, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what a lot of people don't don't kind of get at first. DJs just want to be on their phone or they're paying attention to this. I want to get drunk, that, party wanna, with someone. Yeah. It's it's like that's one thing I do want to say. It's like people that want to be, especially in like industries like that, mm-hmm. um, like either a DJ or like, you know, anything actually club and party related, yeah. it you actually got to be super on your shit. Mm-hmm. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't yeah. speak like in any, you know, like weird way. Yeah. It's like you actually got to be so careful, like to work at a place you know or as a job that like you would think it's partying all day it's actually not not, yeah Yeah, because you're representing like you know you actually gotta be the face of the nightclub or like you know it's like you gotta have like i never drink or mostly never drink you know when i when i'm djing and the first i would say seven years i would never even think about having a drink when when i was teaching i'm like this is my job yeah. you know now i've been doing it for for over 10 years i'm like i can i can do it you know i right. already know what i'm doing but the first years i wouldn't even think about it yeah you know i'm 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 the other way around <laughs> <laughs> i've been no but at the same time i've learned you know i learned like a lot of people that know me from my earlier you know dj cast comes from killer cast and i always like talk about myself in the third person when it's killer cast because that was like a time in my life where 
I, you know, I, I fell a victim to the nightlife. I was, you know, partying. I was drinking. I was still doing my job very well. I still did everything. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I had priorities, you know, in, in all the wrong places. And it affected me. But I've learned, you know, insanely from it. And, and, and you got to know that you're not part of the party. You're providing the party. And, you know, it's cool if you have a shot. And, and at the same time, understand that there's, like, certain times where it's not that you have to drink. But the promoter is going to bring you a shot or the club owners there and they bring you in and this and that. And like club owners or promoters like, or managers, like whoever actually you need to connect to. And this is the other thing yeah. where it's like I always do like a little shot, but I just drink a little bit of it right. just like for myself. Right. To kind of be like, yeah, OK, we are connecting, yeah. but like I'm just not like drinking tonight. Yeah, don't fall. Yeah, don't fall. And, and you can easily just tell them, hey, look, I don't drink or I'm not drinking or I'm not trying to drink or you know, you could tell them that it's 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 not who you are and it's not the the environment that you feel comfortable in. And people will understand. There's a lot of DJs that, you know, will go, you know, won't drink or don't drink at all. So it's definitely, it's a double-edged sword, you know. Same thing with, you know, with I mean, in, in my position, we can begin the dual insight, you know, with girls. Like, yo, like, it's crazy. It, it's there. It happens. Like, girls come up to the booth and, and, and it's accessible and it's, can easily ruin your job and you know you got to be careful with it you you can't fall into it you can't fall into that kind of cyclical behavior because you know it reflects at the same time if you're in the booth getting fucked up getting drunk or you're with a girl or you know your partner whatever you're in and you're being like you're making out like you're in the middle of the club like people see you you represent yourself in the club and everything else like all those things are very very crucial and like Obviously, I, t I mentioned that my mentor was getting hammered. And I realized, <laughs> I always say that I realized I learned more from the negative than the positive, like from other people's mistakes. And I caught on early, like, and if I've caught on more now that I've grown and I've actually experienced my own fuck ups to not be that person, not don't be in the spotlight or don't be drinking or you don't have to be that. Like, you don't know. It, it, it hurts you more than anything. Yeah. So. No, that definitely. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 a part of your career that I think it's like a, a bump, like everything else, you know, like music, like music changes, music adapts. And, you know, I want to go back to New York and I want to hear this from New York to now, your story and everything coming from Germany to New York. How did the music change? How did the clubs change? The environment change? What was like, like, was there like a culture shock at first? I want to hear like the whole arrival. So yeah, it's a, it's a crazy story. So um, when I lived in Berlin, um, most of the time I, I started with hip hop. So yeah. this was um, because a lot of people think I play house, which is really weird. Maybe because that's like a girl, yeah. like female DJ thing. Right, right. But I'm like, no, I play hip hop. And so me moving from Berlin to New York, I think I was actually really prepared, yeah. like music wise. I was like, I'm ready. But then it goes to the point what you actually said. You know, I would go into the clubs and I would be like, I'm so much better than these DJs. Yeah. And I didn't know how to get into those clubs. I really didn't. You know, and I moved to New York. I was broke. You know, I didn't really speak English well. And I was like, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I'm like, I feel so alone in this big city. You know, I'm like... I understood I had like so many like there there are so many opportunities, you know, and everything that I like wanted to be a rock star and stuff like it's now or never, you know. Yeah. So I started 
taking like any opportunity I could. I would go out, I would meet promoters. I would really go, I would actually go to places during the day. I'd be like, hello, um, I'm a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that. I'm like, who can I talk to that they're going to book me? Like I was hungry. Yeah. It's like, I hear from like, not only DJs from everyone that wants to be self-employed, you know, that like I'm waiting for opportunities, bro. If you're waiting, you're like gonna, that, you're that's your waiting, loss. Yeah. Like you're going to be waiting your whole life. It's totally. about you actually getting your shit together, being really good, you know, knowing what you have to give. Um, and, and then like fake it till you make it. Honestly, yeah. like I would walk into places like f I was just saying, you know, first two three times I was like hello, you know, but then I was like okay that works, you know. So I, then I would walk in and be like, what's up? You know, I'm like who who wants to book me here? You know, and it's like once you have this attitude, people yeah. look at you. And they're like yo, who is she? You know, like why is she acting that way? And then I was like okay, this is how it works. You know, it's like confidence, confidence, yeah. and it's like you have to find out about yourself how you can get that confidence right. sometimes it's about working out sometimes it's about diet sometimes it's about your hobbies sometimes it's about uh, your partner or whatever it is right. you know it's but you this is where a lot of people are failing they're yeah. not spending enough time on themselves totally. to really find out like who am i what do i like what do i have to give you know, so at totally. one point I was that girl from Germany, you know, like rocking New York City. And I started in like little like taco spots, you know, yeah. where I remember it's it's called Dos Caminos. I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to DJ at Times Square. Yeah, Times Square. It was Times Square, but it was the basement and um, the restaurant and everything that was happening was on, you know, the floor on top right, of it. Right. So I was like, who would put the DJ like down there? And I was depressed. I was literally like, how am I here? I'm like, I'm a superstar. Why am I in some basement? You know, but you know what? People were dancing upstairs and through these little things, people would notice me you know totally. they would take a video of me posted somewhere they would take my contact book me for like a little event here and there and this is how it goes you can't jump into the big gig mm -hmm. opening for pitbull mm -hmm. you can't you know you got to do those small gigs to figure out you know to build your own foundation yeah, and to build character and it builds build you builds character as a, as a person and as a dj and i you know that's great because it's that's and that's literally it i like you have to have that confidence. Like for me, it took me a long time, a very, and, and it's very hard for me to like even face it because I thought I was confident for a while, but then I had different issues where like, boom, like I literally just fell. And then, but once I, I was able to, to feel very confident in myself, my product and everything, it just changes the way you talk to people, the way you carry yourself, the way you address everything. If you don't own it, it doesn't sound like sustainable to somebody. I can't sell this to Keith if Keith doesn't really believe me. If I don't sound like I believe on myself, you know? And and it's also, it's a good base for everything. Because having that confidence, you go to somebody, hey, who do you have DJing here? Hey, you know, by the way, I'm a DJ, blah, blah, blah. You're selling yourself. You're selling your product. You're confident about your product. You are yourself. You're the product. It's so important to, to have that. And at the same time, you kind of have to stand your ground where you know what you can offer don't over offer yourself don't over excite yourself because you will fall through you know it, it's be confident but also know what you're doing and know what you're selling 
And so. I feel like this is the important thing. You just really got to know, like, why would someone book you? Yeah. Like, really answer it. And there's a lot of teachers that, like, have been practicing for three months. And they're like, yo, I'm ready to DJ mm -hmm. at live. It's like, are you, though? Yeah. Because you're going to go and maybe you are going to get the opportunity. But you can actually, like, end your career there. Yeah. Because if, if you mess up a gig like that people will know about you real quick and no one's gonna book you yeah. at least in miami like you're you're done you're, yeah. you you should move to a different city yeah so having and, and 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 like you said building especially djs like in the market you know like you were in new york busting your ass doing the little spots and and, and getting your foot in the door to, to to build you know your brand up to where you made it but also playing those little rooms doing that little thing like builds your 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 knowledge of, of new york builds this and, and builds your your um story i'm looking for like your talent it, it builds you as a dj and and again like so when that hey you want to play a live call comes in you got 10 15 20 years of experience and you can do it and it's not even like now you know people ask me like well let me ask you do you get nervous before a gig um not really but sometimes yes yeah right and it's always like like the rat to me super random it's the randomest thing it's not even <laughs> like like you know like you said opening for people like that doesn't make me nervous the people doesn't make me nervous like what makes me nervous like the last time that i did it i was you know doing whatever and there's ten thousand people in front of you but then there's this little girl in the front row who like was looking at me and was singing along and then that's when like my whole life just fucking like i went blank i was like fuck like whatever i play next it's gonna affect this little girl's night Aww. so like she's having a blast she's like singing along to like katy perry and i'm like fuck now i can't fuck up like i can't just be like hold on everybody and then she's gonna be like ah oh, you know like that put me on my toes and i was like in a good way or in a bad way though a little bit of both okay like in a good way as in like yo like like, all right, like, I got to keep this energy up. In a bad way, I'm just kind of like, I can't disappoint her. Like, I can't. I got to be up to par. I got to do this. I got to, like, you know, but that made me nervous. Sometimes it's, it's I don't know, like, nothing dealing with the crowd, something about yourself, maybe. Maybe, you know, like, like um, something that's going out outside of work that affects your work. But, like, it's it's things that you can't really shake sometimes. I don't know. Like, I I don't get nervous, like. If I'm DJing here at, at a local event, I don't know. It's always the littlest things. It's always like the littlest things that kind of like take me by surprise. I think that's more of it. But it's beautiful. Yeah, I, it is. I think it's uh, it's beautiful. I, I personally, I like stress. Like yeah. I like being a little bit in like an uncomfortable um, position because to me, it's like I got to do it. You know, I got to be stronger than that. And then I rock it usually. Yeah. So usually whenever I get that feeling of like mm -hmm. nervousness, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a yeah. hell of a night tonight. Yeah. And so. I think I think that you know I've I've had that I've done several gigs and when I started doing more corporate stuff and like emceeing and doing other things like that like I wasn't too comfortable, but then once you like same thing once you grasp it you're like yo this is gonna be so fucking good like once you come over once you go over the hump you're like Psh, this is it this is what I was worried about like nah I'm gonna fucking kill this shit like like nah this thing this ain't nothing 
that I can't do, you know? But that's the thing. It's like, I feel like we still go back to like our foundation though. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no matter how nervous we are, I, or at least me, I always fall back into, I have all of this experience. I've yeah. done all of this already, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like nothing really could go wrong. Exactly. Uh, unless it's something that it's, you know, not in my hands. Right. Right. No, you're, you're totally, that's literally totally it. And even DJs, you know, from our generation that I would say been doing it anywhere from 10, 10 to 25 years, like we've done enough. You know, if you DJ during the 2010s, like you went through the EDM boom, you went through the beginning of the Latin to this, that, like we've seen the ups and downs and like we're not phased by like what's to come because every time that there's a break in music, it's always back to open format which means that we know it, like we're good, you know, whatever it comes back, like we're going to hold down the, the open format side or or we've, we've come across those those achievements and whatnot. So, no, it's it's part of being a DJ, you know. I tell people the easiest part of DJing is when you're in the club, when you're DJing, when you're playing music. Like to me, that is the easiest. The pre-planning, the being ahead, like the, the everything else that goes around, you physically DJing for those two, three, four, whatever hours, like, that to me is the easiest part because it's it's we've done that for so much like for so long that you can't grab you, you already know oh you know what let me just go into the little old school hip hop set these people were liking this or oh I can play this or I can play that and and experience you know that goes over everything mm-hmm. yeah and I think this is actually remember in the beginning you said that you were shadowing this yeah. guy right so I would shadow also everyone like yeah. at one point I actually got out of this whole. Um, like the partying phase and I was only watching people how they DJ and in the end it's about making people dance right yeah. so I feel like this is the the goal always no matter how the music is changing it's like how do you make people dance so this is how I would shadow people yeah. you know I would actually watch what they would play and how people would react so really who like were that. some of the people that you were shadowing I honestly don't remember mm. but since we were talking about it I am gonna um I mean, I have to mention him. It's actually DJ Abuse. Shout Oof. out to DJ Abuse because I saw actually this guy was yeah. in Berlin the yeah, other the day. Homie, DJ Abuse yes. in Germany. And they, he uploaded a picture and I was like, that's so funny. That's one of the guys that like showed me some like, you know, tips and tricks, that's which so was crazy. really nice uh, because I would practice at the pearl you know at that club um all day every day and he actually saw me practicing and i think he was feeling a little bad for me honestly you know because i was just trying to figure it out myself and i was really beating myself up too so he was like hey if you want like i'm here on thursdays or something if you want like i can come half an hour early and i can show you like some things that you can at least play around with so i will be grateful forever because in the end i have to say in my whole um journey as a dj i really had along the way a lot of people that really just believed in me you know and kind of wanted um to offer me their help for nothing in return and i believe in karma you know like uh, everyone always gets that back and i feel like this is why i want to be that person as well like whoever uh, hits me up i usually always try to like respond um and help someone out as well and i feel like this is also a little bit you know why we're doing this podcast to kind of like guide people a little bit how to be in the in the you know music industry and like a little bit of the the insights not just as a dj but also yeah for everything all kinds of arts and whatnot if you're listening and you have any questions you can send we have the email set up dual insight podcast at gmail.com any questions for me for paulina any topics anything that you have going on or just uh through dm on instagram or you can dm us that too dm us on ig you know at dual insight 
dual insight podcast at gmail.com you know we you know our socials djk5 Paulina Ladiva, DJ Paulina Ladiva. Yeah, DJ Paulina Ladiva. You know, we're our DMs are always open, and we're always like here to listen and everything. You know, so um, yeah, we can definitely address some some questions on on the podcast. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of of mentors, you know, let me. I'm actually, I'm gonna. I don't think I've said this out loud, but um, I have another podcast coming out with Duolingo. You know, like Duolingo to learn. Oh, yeah. learning languages. Yeah. So I'm telling my Miami story on duolingo as a learning experience for people learning english from spanish oh i love that so i talk about one of my first mentors conflict dj conflict who was somebody that i shadowed and i learned so much from like so in that podcast i pretty much i talk i mean i i don't i don't talk like i talk here i have to like enunciate everything and like super speak and everything when it comes out i'll, I'll post it or whatnot Dope. but yeah, like that to to have that that mentor mentality and like and conflict was was a monster because we were at Mansion. We were like in all the with South Beach was South Beach and EDM was heavy. It was weird about hip hop. Latin was like non existent. And when I had to like reprogram my brain to DJ for this long, he would be like, Yo, like, you're gonna close. I'm like, Cool, all right, three to five and he rock he would rock for two, three hours depending on what it was and in my head you know, you know when you're djing with somebody else and you already have like your playlist in your head you're like all right keith hasn't played this song he hasn't played this i can play that i can play you know you're already like programming with him i would do that and then he'd be like you ready i'd be like yeah he's like all right give me five minutes and in five minutes he would play like all that shit he would literally play like 15 of those 20 songs and keith is laughing because he knows it's true he would play 15 of those songs and he'd be like all right go ahead and and I would just be like, yo, like, what am I going to do? I had 20 songs ready for the next <laughs> hour and a half. And now I have five. And then, like, you know, then I learn, like, all right, those fives lead, lead to 10 other ones. And then I can recycle this. And you can play this again. And you can do this and this and that. And, you know, like, at first, sometimes I would be like, yo, what a fucking asshole. Like, damn, like, this dude is like, but that's what earns, you know, builds character. And yeah. you see that shit and you're like, fuck. And then, you know, that's when you realize, yo, it's not really about me DJing it's about me keeping the energy up so these people ooh, so these people keep spending and buying bottles and, and the GA is good and all this and it's 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 part of the you know all the moving parts of, of a club you know and I think that a lot of DJs don't see that don't see the the full spectrum yeah that it's really not just about like what you like <laughs> or like what you think how you're gonna build it it's yeah. like most of the things is actually to pay attention and being able to like read the crowd. Mm -hmm. And, you know, actually not talking about it. When I started out, I felt that right away that I didn't have that, you know, because yeah. this is something that comes with, with time. time. Like, totally. yeah. So I was like, I need this. How am I going to get this? I remember I would Google it and stuff. Like yeah. I was like, who's going to tell me how I can read a crowd, but it comes with experience. Mm. It's really like at one point I just had it. Yeah. And then I just knew exactly how to use it, you know, to my advantage in any, kind of genre you know then mm -hmm. it's just like okay you see the people you know how to read the room you yeah, know how you build, to try things out you build you build like you know chapters or segments but then you also just build like awareness of people's reaction and it's like sometimes it's not like an immediate uproar but sometimes it'll be like kind of like a flow and then you're like okay this is going good this is going where i wanted to go so maybe i'm going to play these two more songs 
and then I can kind of lead it to Latin. Maybe I can play the Champagne into this, boom, boom, and you go like, you start seeing just patterns, and it's just like repetitiveness of what works. Yeah. So let me ask you one thing, and I think then it's already time, right, Keith? How much time do we have? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So when you started, right? Or actually, you know what? Let's play a game. Let's go. So I'm gonna say about you what I think what were like some obstacles that you had to overcome. All right. And you're gonna say what you think some of my obstacles Let's were. Go. That okay. So I think when you moved to Miami, since you were saying like you were partying and stuff, to kind of you know like probably get yourself in check, um, and to just being outside partying while not partying, like trying to find gigs, trying to also probably get into a little bit the music here because mm -hmm. I feel like Miami the Miami like club life is very uh, different totally. yeah than than anywhere else I would say um, and then to also probably work on some skills you know to kind of like show off maybe a little bit uh, and to just like build up your you know like that you're like a, a good DJ and why people would book you over like someone else yeah the the partying I would say the partying like here It took me a while. It took me a long time. It wasn't moving here, but when I did have to, you know, tell myself, yo, I gotta stop. Like, I'm overweight. I'm like not paying attention. I'm like whenever that came to 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 focus, my whole career took another step up. You know, I, I realized how much personal appearance, how much mm -hmm. all these other things that like as a DJ, and this happens to all the DJs, like, yo, let me be honest, like 90% of the crowd does not give a fuck how you DJ. They care about the songs that are playing. They don't yeah. care about how you DJ. They care that you play the music. And and and, and the Not even the transition. Not even anything. the transition. Yeah. Nothing. They don't give a fuck. So like when you get to that point you realize that, yo, like it's more and it's been throughout the years more and more and more. I believe that like you gotta be presentable, you gotta look good, you gotta do this. Once I, I was able to achieve that, you you also stop taking things not personal. You stop thinking that You start realizing, seeing the big picture of everything. Of you're like, yo, like maybe these people didn't fuck with me because I was always like getting lit, or maybe they didn't fuck with me because maybe I wasn't paying attention to this or that or whatever. And like you start kind of seeing things. And once I tackled that, I, I would say that like things, it's crazy because I had tackled a lot of other things in my life before I tackled that. Um, and then once that fell into place, you you're more aware of everything. As far as the music, totally. Like when I moved to San Antonio, this was like right before the EDM boom. And I felt like I was, it was, this was 2010's pop era. So like Katy Perry, all the shit that we're playing now, like is what we were playing then. But it was a longer stretch. In Texas, we were playing pretty much one hour and a half of prime, okay. of like prime time from 12.30 to like 1.30. And then 1.30, you kind of slow down. Some places it would be like 12.45. But when I came here, like, yo, Two hours of prime time plus closing. Like, this is when South Beach was closing at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. Like, you needed four hours, three, four hours of, like, power shit. Mm. And I was like, yo, like, like, like no, like, no homo. Like, yo, I, was, I would bust my nut in, like, an hour. Like, you're just, like, DJing. You're like, yo, like, I'm out of juice in an hour. <laughs> because I was so used to just playing an hour. But then you see conflict, like, all right, he's still rocking because, you know what, he has his different bags. He has his little Brazilian set. He has his little pimple set. He has his up-tempo set. And I started just, like, building, you know, those crates and building that that knowledge. So, yo, I can rock till 5 o'clock. And, and and it took it took a while, but it, it's I think every DJ should, should have that. 
And what was the last one? There was one more? Or that was it? Mm, no. All right. So what about your transition from New York to Miami? How was that? Um, and then, you know, we'll leave it. We'll answer it. Ten minutes? Um, and then, you know... No, actually, now you gotta you gotta say what you think what my obstacles were when I started. Like maybe not well, New York, like maybe in general. In general, yeah. Well, and it's and and I would kind of want to you know wrap it up with this kind of going something that we'll talk about more throughout the the podcast. You know, I would say that the transition from from New York to Miami it being kind of different worlds, and then you know the dual insight like oh. being a woman, like being a DJ woman, like throughout the years and, and I think that this is something you know we'll, we'll touch on a lot more mm -hmm. but if you want to kind of like break into that and transitioning here and then just being a, a female women DJ how do you feel about the, the female DJ term yeah we and we can add that to it because I have a story after that so go ahead <laughs> um so I really don't have a problem with the whole like female DJ I guess I, I feel like I've heard it before that yeah. uh, they were like why why do they have to say female DJ or not I really learned to like say yes I'm a I'm a right. female DJ you right. know that's my advantage whatever but I have to say that I think in the beginning I struggled especially in Germany I struggled a lot with like I was the the only female dj you know yeah. so i feel like especially in berlin it was so competitive that i received so much hate really? that people wanted to see me fail and there were even some djs that were saying like if she's djing there i'm not djing Oof. there so we're yeah it's it's really crazy and it it really hurt me a lot you know yeah. because especially in in um Some, in like the DJ world, you want to be cool with everyone. So I was like, these people don't even know me. And they already hate me. Like, wow. just because I'm a woman, like, and this is kind of where I see it now that it was a problem. Because in the beginning, I had to prove that I can DJ, you know, that I have skills. Yeah. And that, I, like, I actually had to be better than the guys, right? So it's not even I had to be on the same level as them because I, I still would mm -hmm. be under them. I would have to be better than them. So this insecurity, I think... I took and just really like started cooking it up for me. That's you dope. know, this is, was my motivation. But, you know, thinking back, I'm just like, I remember I would like record a mixtape just maybe for myself. You know, I never believed into um, editing a mixtape afterwards. So I was like, no, it has to be perfect. From, one run. Yeah. From uh, minute one till minute 50 or whatever. And, you know, it's 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 tough yeah, like because you, yeah, you do make mistakes. So I would sit, you know, let's say 15 hours on one mixtape right and then the light guy would say would see me right and he's like i can just record a mixtape for you and it's like how can you say something yeah. like that you know i'm like i'm obviously working on my mm -hmm. stuff you know I, like he meant it right and you know i i i was like oh no it's fine like thank you and then he was like you know i actually wanted to tell you you should wear to your gigs like skirts and stuff like people would i think like that would make you more successful damn and i was like Okay, and I'm gonna be honest. Like I was so young, I feel like I didn't even like take it personal. Yeah. But now thinking back, I actually want to go up to this guy and be like, "Excuse me, yeah. like, who are you to even, you know, tell totally. that to a young girl? Totally. Like, I'm okay, you know, I'm a very self-confident person. But like, imagine some other girl would hear that. Like, why, what, like, why would a grown-ass man even say something like this? And mm -hmm. I feel like this is actually a problem, not just you know in Germany, in Germany more than in the states. I would say, yeah. um, 
But this is really something that you hear in every industry as well, you know, that like men just sometimes can just come and like say certain comments and yeah. it's just like, yeah, you got to go with it because like. Yeah, it's, it's 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 like the shitty dark side of the industry of like, you know, the, the, the male ego dominating everything. And, and you know, that's I, I got asked that one time on the on the road road podcast thing. They asked like, yo, about being like, what do you think of female DJ? And I said. Same thing. I'm like, yo, d female DJs got to work twice as hard because most guys are not looking or not listening. They're looking and they have so much more to prove. Everybody's like, oh, you know, like because because you, you're a girl for this. No, they got to work twice as hard because you think that they got in because of looks, but they have to prove to you that they're even better than you. And it's it's really rough. And it's like. You know, I'm glad that things have become, you know, way more open and, and, and we can have these conversations because it happens a lot and it happens, you know, in, in, in a lot of different nightlife industries where people, you know, sexualize that position or, 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 or get too comfortable with things, you know, at the same time, like, this is still a job, you know, we're still employees and we're still this and we're still that, but like, we're not, you know, you, you can't give in to the, or, or you can't play those games, you know, like now you just got to be straight up and let people know and, and. You know it sucks, but we're we're hopefully moving forward in a better in a better way. You know, and things being more open. Yeah. So five more minutes. Nah, we're good. We're good. We're um, good. So yeah, I just want to give you know like almost like a tip to everybody out. You know that as, especially the females like just work on your stuff, be good, and then go for it. Because in the end, like it goes back to just believing in yourself yeah. and really just being. Um, confident about your own talent right because right. i still go to gigs sometimes i kid you not and people are like i'm surprised that uh you you're actually a good dj yeah like, it's like why? the worst backhanded compliment like they can give you yeah, like, but i'm like just also why like yeah. there's so there's like life mixes of me out there yeah. and it's like people always think there's like someone that is like mixing something and the thing is like since i lived in new york yeah. i'm quick i don't know if you've right. ever been to one of my no, gigs actually i was gonna say i've never we've never you've seen me like you see me on cruise control. You've been in gigs where I'm just like eating shit, but like, no, I've never seen you like on your shit. Yeah, I can't. No, I can't quick. make it. To, I can't make it to the 9 a.m. banger. It's too early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like you know. Since I've been in like DJing in New York, I'm a really quick mixer, like yeah. really quick. Where people are like, oh goddamn, but it's like. I, I, I'm not proving anything to anyone, right? I'm just proving it to myself. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this for myself and for the people that I'm entertaining. I always say I was, I was born to entertain, you know? Hey. So it's like, I just, this is my thing, you know, not to prove it to some other DJ or whatever, you know? Nah, but, but it's, it's like... A, it's a good narrative to push and it's good for, for people to listen to that and, and take that. Yeah. So, so ladies, be you know, work on your shit. Like, looks are not enough. So if you have the looks and the skills... Pfft, your the world is yours. I'm telling you. Because then the people... Shout out to Edwin. Edwin, honestly, he's really someone... He put me on the, the Pitbull thing. He yeah. really put me on uh, Sirius XM. You know, like, he was really always someone that, like, believed in me. Meanwhile, I didn't even know him. Yeah. Kind of. So, it's really people like that that see the talent like yeah. that see not just mine right like in your case yeah, probably same. as well he's, he's been my mentor for a few years so. yeah no he's amazing and but it's about like 
you have to do the work, you know, to then exactly. be able to present it. And then people like Edwin or like, you know, we'll probably mention two, three other ones as yeah. well. They will see you. They will see totally. your talent. They will put you on. And then you can prove it to them and to yourself, you know, in the first place. And this is how a career builds, you know. It's like you work with other people, but in the end, you have to bring your stuff. Exactly. That's a perfect closing statement. Yay. Right there from <laughs> Paulina La Diva. This is Dual Insight. And first episode of The Wrap. Stay tuned. We will be releasing episodes frequently <laughs> <laughs> and instagram dual insight and youtube dual insight everything else dual insight see you guys next week or see you guys on the next one on the next one let's not say next week right <laughs> <laughs> all right Peace. see you next time bye